You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Metal and High Heels podcast. This is episode 89, and I am here with my co-host. <laughs> with Pia, hi. But we also have uh, two uh, very cool guests today. And uh, these are Leonie and Tiffany from Nuclear Blast. Hey. This is so really cool. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, well, before we start, I would like to ask you to introduce yourselves uh, with your name, um, pronouns, which is a new thing uh, that I wanted to introduce into the podcast since we are um, trying to be uh, more inclusive and everything. So um, I am Kiki, she, her. And um, yes, would you please introduce yourselves uh, with your name, pronouns, and uh, what you do in the label in nuclear blast okay i start so i'm i'm tiffany uh she her uh, and i'm the head of marketing at nd uh, i joined um, just at the end of september so it's been four months now and basically what i'm doing is i'm working with um, all the different uh, channels and poles of the label to uh, build the strategies for the album releases uh, and yeah, ongoing strategies for for the artists as a support. Um, yeah, that's my my core role. Um, my name is Leonie. I'm short Leo. Um, I'm the head of media relations in Nuclear Blast, and I joined in November 29 and uh, 19, not nine. This would be pretty young. Um, and my job is, of course, leading the head of the media relations department, which was formerly known as PR department promotion, because um, we were like, um, especially now that media changed so much in the last years, we thought that media relations is a better name to it because podcasts like we're doing today is a new part of the job or influencers or streamers and everything but of course we also organize like interviews with the artists we write press releases so everything that comes up when it comes to um, public relations that is so cool um thank you so much first of all for sharing uh, that with us and for um being here for your your time and for wanting to talk to us how have you been doing um i mean the weather is nice uh, i think uh, it, i think it's looking pretty sunny at your through your windows as well. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty warm here, even though I'm in Hamburg, which is meant to be a rainy city, but we have a lot of sun these days. That's a myth. I also lived in Hamburg for three years, three and a half, and there was so much sun. And I think in Cologne, there is much more rain than in Hamburg, the statistics say at least. Everywhere is more rain than in Hamburg. It's yeah. <laughs> cool. Looking forward to being in Hamburg then, because I, I'm moving Later this it. year, like Hamburg is the most yeah. city. everybody told me it's raining all the time, but I'm I'm glad it's it's not. It's a lie. Oh, you're moving to Germany! Wow, why would you do that though? <laughs> <laughs> you also moved to Germany, Kiki. <laughs> I know. I've been here for almost 14 years, and uh, yes, um, now I miss the sun a little bit, but no, Germany's nice. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> good. Good to know. Good to yes, know. I hope you like it here. It's pretty nice since um, our company is nowadays really spread over all the country as well. Like we still have people in our headquarter in Donsdorf. We have some in the middle of Germany in Dortmund. Now we have some in Hamburg. We have some in uh, France, in UK, in US. And one of my co um, colleagues is in Finland. So it's always pretty nice to like stay in touch over so many countries and especially when you share information about your daily lives it can be so different from just details yes that is really nice though uh, good to know that uh, nuclear blast has this um remote working and like this you know global new work kind of philosophy that uh, hopefully will uh, come more and more now that the pandemic has taught us to work from home and um, that everything is possible. I mean, it was possible before. Uh, we've been living in a digital age for several 
years now, and that has been possible. But uh, I think now, finally, at least Germany is embracing it more and more. And so, um, yeah, for a company also in such a modern and um, evolving business like a record label, it's it's important. I I think that's really cool. Yes. So should we uh, start? Talking a little bit more about your work in general, or do we want to go straight to the important point of today? I'm thrilled to get to know something about the jobs, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, first of all, please tell us how your daily routine looks like. Wow. Especially now in the, uh, in the pandemic, because I guess sometimes you might also be on tour or um, helping the bands out on tour or do you work in the office only leo may, um, um, you know, we've me? never been on tour well we have been on festivals but we mm -hmm. like visit a concert close to like um back when i lived in next to donsdorf always in stuttgart munich things like that when concerts will come back of course we visit concerts in hamburg but apart from that you're mainly in the office well We used to have press days, like I had one last year with Amaranth for, um, I think it was four days that we had them in Düsseldorf and like having the press invited there, but not the moment, of course, we're hosting it all online, like with Zoom or Skype press conferences, trying to find new ways how to reorganize listening sessions, things like that. Are like um, games to involve the fans more, which can uh, Tiffany surely tell more about, but we really try to engage the fans also more. But at the moment, it's really um, an office or a home job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, since I started, so yeah, four months ago, sadly, I, I just worked uh, in a COVID time, so there was no gig, there was no, yeah, I, I just stayed home to be honest, but at least it's super exciting to be starting a new role and especially in metal because I, I used to work in, um, in other industries. And so even if the days are mainly work, because in France we have the curfew, we have the lockdown, so um, there's not so much to do. I, I used to take burlesque class, but I cannot do anymore because the class is, is over. So Basically, work rep represents most of my time, but it, it's pretty cool. I mean, we are chatting a lot with, uh, with each other, uh, with the artists, uh, trying to, um, as Leo mentioned, find new ways to engage people through digital, with live, with uh, games, uh, with, uh, with initiatives like we had for, for the Women's Month. So, yeah. That's uh, that's exciting to start a new job in this period. At least there's something exciting. So, mm. especially um, since we have such a, such a fresh and young team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is. Yeah. <laughs> how um, how creative can you be in your job? So, do you work a lot on campaigns, marketing campaigns, and stuff like that, or do you communicate more or? Um, How do I have to imagine this? Mm, to me, it's a mix because, of course, there is a really a creative part when you are trying to come with uh, ideas, things never done before for, for some releases. And especially you have to adapt to each band's DNA because one idea can be amazing for one band and just not fitting the, the DNA of the other. So you there's really a, a huge part of getting to know the band really well, listening to it, watching videos, uh, learning about it. And then, yeah, there is the brainstorm part of finding, finding cool ideas and engaging ideas based on that DNA. So that's the fun part. And also discussing with the artists to, to also have their input, their objective, the theme of the next album, that type of stuff. And then there is also the, the operational part which is uh, all the tasks uh, copying all the urgencies that we have a lot and also there are the big rocks if i can say which are more the long-term strategy of the label what what we can what we can do as nb the the territories we want to explore and uh, the budgets like all the finance part of course 
So yeah, it's a it's a super cool mix of uh, creativity and data and uh, yeah, operational. That sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you love most about your job? To me, it's really like um, I think the music industry is pretty special in its way because you never have people who just enter music industry to earn much money. Like everyone is here because they love music. Because I do not know every I do not know no one who got rich through um, working in the music industry. Yeah. So you always have people who are pretty driven and who are enthusiastic. I think I love brainstorming part when we um tiffany the team and me we all come together and discuss things and things get bigger and things get a completely new turn because someone else throws in his own idea and these other moments when you can feel some kind um it sounds a little bit esoteric but some kind of an energy like everyone is so enthusiastic and so thrilled that now things start to shape and i cannot imagine that there's any other industry that has the same drive because everyone's here out of passion and that's what i love about my job mm. how about you tiffany yeah same here i, I love the, the passion everyone's have um I would just love to have gigs again so we can all go <laughs> yes. together because that's really the missing part now. Like just uh, having this energy of, of the life, going together and have beers and yeah, because we, it's, it's awesome to, to be working with people who, who share that same passion. We can share uh, bands that we listen to each other, discover new stuff. Uh, so it's, It's really cool, and yeah, I just miss the real life part part of it, but it, it's going to come soon. Mm, hopefully, yeah. Um, is there something that you hate about your job? Politics. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, word. Can you expand a little bit more on that? No, it's just that when you are at these levels of jobs, like... Uh, head of media relation or head of marketing, of course, there are some political decisions that you have to make and you don't always agree with it, but that's part of the role. I, I don't think there is any, any company where you get to this type of jobs that don't include some part of, um, of politics. So yeah, that's just, uh, just part of it. All right. And Uh, you just uh, mentioned again um, the title, your job title, um, head of media relations, uh, Leo, and head of marketing uh, for TIFF. Those are big titles, so damn nice. And uh, first, <laughs> first step. <laughs> and the other thing is, what advice would you give to younger people wanting to get a job like yours? Um, just do it uh, to be honest and it sounds pretty cliche but just do it like um, I got my first job offer from a um, Hamburgian label um, AFM Records and I was in the end of my journalistic training and the end of my um, business economy studies I studied business economy and I just had like half a year and I would be through and when I got this offer and we were like okay but you have to start next month and um, I really um, um, cut off my studies um, I left school I moved out from my parents home within two weeks just with one um, big bag and getting in a train living uh, with a friend for two weeks and then had my own apartment in Hamburg and I Do not regret it. Like in the back, I'm always like, mm, yeah, you should have studied business economy until the end because it's pretty, you could have earned more money. I never thought like that. Uh, so um, just live, um, okay, live your dreams again, that cliche, but and just <laughs> do it. Just do what you love. Try to be, try to be authentic and support each other. I think support is the most important, but be honest and really just do what you love. Yes, um, that's a really inspiring answer. Um, also, I meant a little bit more uh, specific, maybe. Uh, did you have, I don't know, um, were you already in contact with the label before? Did you have uh, what kind of specific credentials did you use to apply for the job? Um, I don't know. On my end, it was pretty funny <laughs> what happened. So I, I used to, 
I used to work for uh, Amazon Music and I had a, a colleague uh, from Amazon, a friend of mine. He, he was on LinkedIn and he saw an offer for an A&R job at Nuclear Blast. He was not into metal, but he knew I was. And so he told me, hey, I saw this job offer and I thought about you. And I was like, yeah, but the requirement, I have 15 years as an A&R. I've never been a, an A&R in my life. I, I've only done marketing and digital. So it's not for me. And he said, but you breathe metal, you live metal. So of course it's for you. And I said, no, no, I cannot apply. And he said, yeah, you know what? It's because you're a girl. If you were a boy, you would just apply. And I said, okay, you know what? Because you say that I'm going to apply, I will get a no and you'll see. And so I did apply. I received an automatic email saying no. <laughs> but then uh, one week after, uh, Jerome, who is the... Um, the head of the label in Europe, he called me saying, hey, you applied to that job. I don't know why, because that was really not <laughs> fitting your resume. But mm -hmm. I'm thinking about creating a, a marketing department. And I think you could be a good fit. So do you want to, to have a call? And this is how it started. <laughs> and then I had the interviews and, and so. So really, it was just oh, uh, yeah. completely by chance. <laughs> That is so awesome. And that was exactly what I was thinking. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing that anecdote, because um, that is, I think that happens a lot. And yes, I think that also happens a lot more to um, women that we think, um, nah, it, I don't have a chance, so I just won't try it. And a lot of times it, it happens actually like that, that if you try it, um, if you really want it, no matter how many um, tiles you lack, um, maybe they will give you a chance. If the people, if the people hiring are smart, they will give you a chance. I think also, um, and I heard this lately on a podcast and it was, they were actually talking about the film and series TV show industry. And they were talking about women hiring other women and not thinking about having all of these requirements or all of those years of experience, because in the end, you can also develop a lot through the job, in the job and gain that experience. And also, if you don't have that experience, where will you get it if every job is requiring you so much, so many years of experience, right? You have to start somewhere. So that is an amazing uh, story. Like they created specifically for you <laughs> and they made you a job. That's amazing. Yeah, basically, so cool. uh, it's true that when, so after I had some, uh, some, inter uh, some interviews and I had to write a strategy doc and so on, but it's true that when creating the job description, uh, Jerome called me regularly to say, hey, what do you think of the job description and so on? So it was really, really nice to even participate in that and participate in creating your own job desk. So mm, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got pretty lucky uh, on that. That is really amazing. I, I, we need more of those. Um, yeah, we need more of those kind of, kinds of bosses. <laughs> yeah, and we try to be. I'm pretty sure Leo and I, this is the type of bosses we, we are trying to be. So Absolutely. Yes. I think that's also a good segue to go over to the big topic of today. Because as, as we were saying, you are two female metalheads in really important jobs in a metal record label. and. Um, Pia has uh, the story on this, on why we are here today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the reasons why we are talking today is a story that you posted on Instagram a few, a few weeks ago, showing comments of so-called fans. And I think you also requested to people who agree with these comments to unfollow your account mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, to, to stop uh, yeah, basically consuming what consuming your work, so to speak. And yeah, the comments were misogynistic and attacking you as a woman. So yeah, please, first of all, tell us more about that. Yeah, so we, we had this idea all together. So with uh, Leo, with uh, Miriam also, who is uh, uh, the creative uh, strategist at Envy, and with uh, some, other, some other ladies in, the, in PR in the UK and um, and US to work on, a, on an activation for Women's Day. Um, and then Women's Month, actually, Women's History Month. 
because mm-hmm. it became bigger and bigger as, as we were discussing. And so we invited, um, we invited a, a lot of people and actually we were so impressed by all the replies we got. And that was amazing. And so people shared some very inspiring women. They shared their, their story on how they were into metal. And what I think and what we think probably earlier you, you, you'll confirm is that those uh, testimonials were super positive, super inclusive. Mm-hmm. And beside that, the, we surprisingly received some, some really bad comments, some just sexist and with not, not real, um, yeah, it was not real feedback on the comment, just pure sexist uh, comments. And so we felt that we had to defend all the women and men that agreed to participate to this campaign, that, that were willing to share their story and who just got those uh, super, super bad comments in reply. And so we felt we have to, we have to stand to stand up for that, stand up against those comments. And so we decided to, to make that, um, that message, that, that story uh, that, we, yeah, that we wrote all together as well. Yeah, it were pretty generic comments like oh, women do not belong in metal or never trust what a woman says. So it were very comments where you knew that people maybe didn't even uh, watch the video but just wanted to prove their point that there is no place for women in metal, which is not true. Like, just look at us. And so um, this was pretty, we were pretty, you know, well, I can only speak for myself from like what um, comes to my feelings, but it was pretty shocking to see that the ground for music misogynism is still that um, huge in metal yeah and and the and the cool thing is that when we when we posted that story we received a lot of uh dms say saying thank you or with hearts with uh you know very positive comments so that meant that a lot of people were were feeling happy that we stood for this and also, I think a lot of people reshared it. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. why they don't usually reshare and be content in general. So that felt good to to feel that people that people are our back as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, in total, the the feedback for this whole campaign and also for this post were mostly positive. Yes. Yes. Really. And also, man. the cool thing is the community started to spontaneously uh, fight against bad comments. Mm-hmm. We, we started mm-hmm. to do it. And then spontaneously, uh, post after post, we saw that people from the community were just replying and say, hey, just, uh, just stop your, your bullshit. And so mm-hmm. that, that was great. What I also love to see yes. was that many other people from the industry reshared it, not only um, like employees of Nuclear Blast, but also from other, um, like um, from our other companies, I believe, um, other labels, men, a lot of men, like a lot of other label manager who were like, hey, that's one of our labels and we're proud for what we stand for. And that's what I really love to see. Mm. Yeah, um, on the one hand, it's a sad thing that men mostly listen to men <laughs> but it's that makes it so important that also men stand up and say hey this sexist comments they don't belong here and women definitely belong to the metal scene yes yeah and we had some some artists some male artists participating we still have to a few videos to, to post actually mm-hmm. but that was really great to see that they wanted to also talk for the Women's History Month and explain how they were happy to have uh, more women in the industry because, because thanks to women, they have a better atmosphere in the tour bus because yeah, there were lots of, of examples that they gave and that's uh, super heartwarming. Yeah, diversity is good for everyone. So yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. It, it, it's, just, it's just obvious. It's sad that we still get some super, super sad cliches appearing in the feed. Mm. So um, is this a thing or this kind of comments, do they happen 
in general or was this only an effect because of this woman woman's day and woman's month no they i i also saw some of them on on campaign videos like yeah. official music videos for female bands mm. yeah i can imagine that <laughs> i like body shaming how it happens more often when the singer is a woman Mm. Like, oh, look at her arms, or look how fat has she become. Like, of course, this is more likely to happen when it's a woman, which is still um, awful. Like, no one cares yes. about how much the singer weighs when he's a man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or what, or what men wear on stage, mm -hmm. or um, so many things. Nobody, yes. nobody cares, right? And I mean, we know by now social media has been around for so many years. By now we know what a troll is. By now we know, uh, or I think we can recognize, uh, or as content creators and artists uh, who publish uh, stuff, we can recognize what a troll is, what a person is, when a person is posting hateful comments just for the hell of it, right? But sometimes still it can, it can just affect um, I don't know, affect you, right? And it's really heartbreaking to see how it, how it could affect uh, young artists who are just starting uh, out. And this was such a great interview. I'm coming back to that so often <laughs> in the later in these later podcast episodes. But when we talked to Charlie Rolf uh, from As Everything Unfolds, um, that was one of her concerns, actually. She said that um, as we all, and by we all, I don't mean only women, I, I mean all humans, right? We all have our our um, insecurities sometimes, uh, some of us struggle with anxiety, and seeing um, critique on the internet that might be not even referring to what you're doing, uh, in this case, music or, or, or vocals, right? But actually your appearance or, 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 or the way you dress or some stuff like that can really... Um, can really affect you and she was concerned about that and that's how she um she told us that she actually needed us needed a safe space a safer space than being a super public figure on social media and that is something so sad um but at the same time uh i mean it i want to see it as empowering to uh, be able to take care of yourself and just say, okay, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm going to take a step back and uh, make a safer space where, where I can share what I want to share and know that I won't be attacked. Mm. But I think it also stops a lot of women to actually start a band or be being part of a band and stuff like that, or yeah, show themselves because they know these comments will come. Mm -hmm. Everybody will exactly. comment on your appearance and, later on your talent or skills or whatever of course there are also some female artists who are like okay um yeah i want to use this picture but then uh, then be like um no we cannot use this picture because i know what comments will um happen after that mm. so um i think this insecurity um or this um, reflection of how the people will react when it comes to pictures to videos to things like everything visual is way bigger and inhibits women way more than it um, inhibits men. Yeah. And to all men who listen to this podcast right now, it also depends on energy levels. Um, it, it really drains your energy when you have to read these comments all the time. And when, when you see how people are just staring at you or whatever. So it's not, of course, you can say you have to be brave. You have to stand over that. Yeah, you can say all of that, but it also, it is exhausting. And so we have to decide every day if we can handle this or if we can't because our energy level might be low. Or maybe we just don't want to be sexualized at all. Yes, why, exactly. Yeah, we And of course, that is a, a way bigger uh, topic, right? That comes from uh, beauty standards that have been triggered onto us for decades and decades through media consumption, through magazines that show women that are photoshopped and et cetera, et cetera. And that, yes, as well, <clears throat> it, uh, beauty standards do also affect um, men and or male presenting people. And of course, all of the non-binaries in between. Um, but that is something that we have to change and the only thing we change that is by showing more types of bodies and more colors of skin and more um, people who present themselves uh, 
how they want and just not conforming to the to the standards and to the to the norms that are um until now and that means that um yeah we just should stop the hate <laughs> so yes. let everybody be themselves and um yeah and that's how we will be able to to get to know all the variety and diversity of people that that exist all around the world and i'm so sorry for that beautiful chorus of meowing in the background <laughs> <laughs> your cat is just being himself <laughs> he has the zoomies. yeah he also has the right to exist <laughs> of course i think i think about what you said there is also some people who do things without really realizing how hurtful they can be and this is something we really read in the comments like oh come on you we are just laughing here but it's just that sometimes people think they are just laughing but it can hurt you for years and just thinking about something i mean at that time there were no social networks but when i was a a teenager I had a terrible skin. I still have a terrible skin, actually. And I had to wear foundation. And my boyfriend at that time, one day I had no foundation. He said, oh, can you please put foundation again? Because when you don't have foundation, you're not attractive. Wow. <laughs> and until I think it's only until one year or two years ago that I could start going out on Sundays, for example, just buying bread without foundation. So probably it lasts for... 15 years that I could not do anything, even going to the beach or anything without putting foundation. And I think, and he's a friend now. And when I mentioned it to him a couple of years ago, he said, but I don't even remember that. It's a, it was a joke. I was like, yeah, but sometimes the joke you make, you don't realize how hurtful they can be and how they can create a trauma. Mm -hmm. in, in, when, you, when you receive such a, such a sentence. So yeah, I think, People sometimes don't just realize the, the yeah. power of what they say. Words are powerful, yes, more than we realize. That's true. Mm -hmm. And when you read, I guess it's even worse than... Uh, I, because there is a trace. So when you hear it, it's already hurtful. But when it's written and you can refer to it and refer to it for a bit. Yeah, because mm -hmm. you also know there are so many other people also reading this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially from people who do not even know you. Yeah. Exactly. Coming back to Nuclear Blast, um, how does your company deal with this topic? So do, the, do they um, support you or do they don't really think about the topic at all? So how is the situation in your company? I think we have a very... Oh no, do you want to start? No, no, go, 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 go ahead. I think we have a very strong um, team spirit at the moment that um, I feel like when I share something like that with my team, everyone's pretty, pretty supportive. So um, especially like when we had this story, we also had many and, um, Nuclear Blast employees who shared it. So I really feel like um, Nuclear Blast um, became a pretty, pretty um, open um, company. Like um, we're pretty aware, uh, aware of... Um, these cliches, but um, everyone's really standing behind the values that we share. Yeah, agree. To me, everyone was supportive. Yeah. About the initial idea of having, of dedicating one month to Women's History Month first, and then when we, when we post that that story, just everybody said it was great. Um, men and women. Hmm. Mm, and how many women work in nuclear blast in general and also compared to male colleagues? Is it kind of 50-50 or <laughs> because you you mentioned earlier that you also have, um, I think I know the colleague who lives in Finland. Uh, is it Zilke? Yes. Yeah, it's a woman too. And yeah. I also know some other women in nuclear blast, but also men. So <laughs> that's what I'm asking. But that's a good question. I can I cannot really say um how the percentage is, but well in my department that I'm handling, it's um all female except one male um head of um media relations manager. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I'd say overall fifty fifty. If I if I think of the different teams. Yeah. Um the the, the project managers, the, the digital managers, like yeah. 
overall, I would say it's fishing. I think we have the most female department. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. <laughs> yes. What would you say in general, how sexist is the metal scene, maybe compared to general society? I find it pretty difficult because um, I just had this uh, the discussion with another uh, friend these days. Uh, metal to me is sometimes like it really shuts down its eyes from before reality. Like whereas many other um, music scenes are really open about what happens. Like just think about all the um, pop um, artists who share their experience with sexism. All the um, like actors in hip-hop it's a pretty open um issue which you know that it is pretty sexist but when it comes to metal i just feel like um the whole issue starts the awareness just, just starts to rise but at the moment you cannot even be pretty sure about the actual status quo because um it has been kept behind um, locked doors for a very long time mm. As for me, I do not really have a feeling for um, how sexistic it is. Like we have many really great managers. Many, uh, uh, many, we have many great female managers uh, who also handle very big bands and I'm, who are really um, respected. So I find it pretty difficult to say if it's sexistic or not. What would you say, Tiffany? I was thinking about my personal experience and having been yeah going to gigs and festivals and that for 15 16 years i've never experienced personally um anything sexist i would say so i i was i was looking in my in my own experience and now since i've been working in the industry but again i just have a partial view because uh I, Yeah, we. I'm. I'm just working remotely, and this is NB, and this is just what I see. I. I haven't experienced anything sexist beyond this, this social networks thing. So in general, I. Most of my friends, my female friends, they are not in metal. So in general, I. I always tend to say that I. I would recommend to be in the metal scene because there are lots of, of great people and great guys and. Yeah, so um, I have a rather positive experience. Mm. I also think it's difficult to answer the question because when we look at bands, especially, so now there are more and more women, but when I look at the scene 10 years ago, there were only so few women. And it, sometimes also, also the issues that women have, they just were not a thing because it was so male-dominated, mm. the whole scene. But mm. still, um, I don't have the impression that they are against women and they don't want mm -hmm. them in. So it's a very open community, but still very male-dominated. Yeah. Yeah, because, for example, if you're going to a gig or, or you're in a festival and everybody's super crowded, I find it more easy as a, as a, as a woman that people like will just push to give yeah. way or be sure if you're falling that they will help you. Like, I have the feeling people are rather protective uh, mm -hmm. with women in, in, in gigs and, and festivals. So, but yeah, it's maybe because we are 10% of the, of the audience. So. <laughs> Better not break the women. There are so few. <laughs> <laughs> but not only that, I think also when I had a very short period at Nuclear Blast when very even gigs when I worked there, so I could uh, meet my artists, and it always was very respectful. So um, I would say um, the respect for women is pretty high, especially um, for artists, the other managers. I wouldn't say that they are be like, you're just a woman, what do you want to tell me? Or how mm -hmm. can we cooperate? Like, they really um, value um, also the women's side of you because. It is, it is what it is. Um, women have a different way of looking at things. And I think that all of our artists really appreciate it. Mm. Maybe it's like in general society that uh, 10% of people are just assholes and that's the same yeah. everywhere. <laughs> that's the <laughs> exactly. trolls who commented these bad things on yeah, female artists and everything. 
That is true. I also have a different, uh, a bit of a different view, I think, on on, on that whole topic. I think metal um, wants to be, or metalheads want to be the most welcoming community in the music subgenres and subcultures. So I do think we pride ourselves as very uh, tolerant and open and welcome. But when it really um, comes to that, um, it's not always it's not always the truth i do think that metal is also one of the best gatekept communities which is not a good thing so um gatekeeping and for that i have a, a podcast recommendation just a girl Is that the podcast? Just I think so. Yes. Yep. Just a girl podcast. They had the topic lately. Yeah. They had the 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 topic of gatekeeping lately and it was really uh, interesting to see how they themselves thought um or or talked about themselves being gatekeepers at some point and uh and saying, "Well, I finally had found a music that I like, a community where I belonged to and uh, I I I didn't want want it to be a thing where like everybody's thing." I want it to be special, right? So I, I think we can maybe, or I can at least relate to that a little bit. Um, but to be on the other side of that gate is also uncomfortable to to have to prove to somebody else that you belong there. Are right? you allowed to wear that Slayer shirt? <laughs> Name four oh, Slayer songs before you wear that shirt, exactly. <laughs> right? Oh, you're here. You're here to see that band. Uh, which is your favorite album? Or, or how how many times have you seen them live? Right? Uh, are you a, a true metalhead? Um, so that you earn. How have you earned the right to be here in my very special community? Um, mm. I had. Uh, I did have some of those experiences myself when I was uh, younger, and. Um, um yeah so it's it's that kind of balance of course we as Pia just said right we sometimes just uh stumble upon this low percentage of idiots <laughs> or 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 mean people bullies i don't know um and maybe the rest of the time we are actually a very happy and and welcoming community while you know it's it's also those other kinds of experiences you know you're at Vakken and somebody um runs into you by accident and uh if your bill beer if your beer fell to the floor they for sure will buy you a new one you know <laughs> things like that <laughs> um who, and and that happens i don't know whoever you are that then it doesn't matter how you look but you're or, right. or how you identify but you're yeah. right it's true that Uh, when you asked about our experience, I rather thought of as a woman, but this is so true mm -hmm. that being a true metalhead, this is something we all experience. Like, oh, you're not listening to that super uh, yeah. <laughs> black metal from the forest. <laughs> stuff. Oh, no, but you, you're never true enough. You will always find mm -hmm. people who are, who are more true metalheads that you are, than you are. So it's, this is This is really experience that I that I shared as well. But yeah. I think oh, I've been listening point, to that band since before they were they were famous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think at some point when you when you grow up, you just drop it. You know, I don't care that yeah. I'm a, a fan of Ghost, and if it that doesn't please to people, yeah, I don't care. But yeah, it's just when you're younger, it's true that it affects you because you feel like you're not really part of the community, and you have to listen to more extreme stuff so yeah that's a, mm -hmm. a super relevant point but i think it's the same very just needs more role models to um be like okay um i'm not a true metalhead or i'm not a true metalhead and i um i um know this and i'm fine with this because um, when i started listening to metal i just listened to black metal and i was like okay i just have to listen to black metal and i have to learn the whole history because otherwise i'm not sure enough And through the years, I had more and more friends, and I got to know more and more people who were absolutely no metalheads. One was absolutely into sneakers, another one had a secret love for um, like classic music, things like that. And apart from that, I soon um, I learned soon that these are the cool people because they also um, get influences from there, from there, and they have such a wider horizon, which also helps into um, developing metal. 
because mm -hmm. um, if there weren't any influences from other um, music, um, we couldn't have all these cool metalheads that influenced me. I think um, I was born in nine, um, 96, last, um, uh, last, yeah, I was born 1996. And the bands that I grew up with aren't the true metal bands. I didn't grow up with Slayer, with Iron Maiden, with all these bands, but everyone is like, you have to listen to them. No, I grew up with Papa Roach, with Linkin Park, and I love these bands, even though everyone yes. says, no, that's not true metal. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they have a, um, when I read articles and everything now, there are a lot of people who are around 30 now mm -hmm. um, in the scene, yeah. and they all of them refer to Papa Roach, Linking Park, and so yeah. on. So there's this new generation of us <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> who yes. had this band for this new metal whatever band. They were influenced by hip-hop, so if there uh, weren't mm -hmm. influences from other music genres, we couldn't have these cool bands we have now. Mm. That's very true. Yeah. Um, I'm done with my questions, Kiki, but I'm pretty sure you have some Questions of your other favorite topic? All of my favorite topics, yes. <laughs> <laughs> This is a favorite episode. Talking about sexism and then talking about marketing. <laughs> Oof, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy today. <laughs> um, at the beginning of the of the uh, of our conversation, you were uh, saying that you um, also develop um the marketing strategies uh, strategies and the communication strategies for your artists so um what are like the most important goals that uh, let's say independent artists would have to set for themselves in those strategies wow uh, one thing that i think applies for maybe everything is that You cannot be good at everything. You, I, I mean, it's, it's better to pick your battles. It's better mm -hmm. to be excellent at one or two things and just okay with the rest than trying to be good everywhere. Like, for example, it, it, it can be on, let's say, even something like the social platforms. Like, it's better to really try to grow your community on one platform than trying to be on Twitch, on Instagram, on YouTube, on VK, on Twitter, you know, mm -hmm. we all have a limited time <laughs> and energy. So yeah, I would say for everything you do, pick what's really important to you, focus on that, grow that, make it big and big and big, and the rest just, yeah, uh, take care of it, but not that much effort. That's my advice in, in general. Oh, that's yeah, good. I think, yeah, I think choose your weapon and be who you are. Like, have one characteristic trait you want the people um, to remember you for. Mm -hmm. That is really nice. Um, on one thing, as um, Tiffany said. Would that also apply to, like, a certain audience? Uh, do you think it is better to look for a niche instead of, you know, aiming for all of the people, you know, as a young artist, maybe, of, I mean, of course you want everybody to listen to your music, but you have to start somewhere, right? Yeah, and I think it's important also to nurture your community and not trying just to grow, but also, you know, the, the people who have been following you for, from the start and that it's important to take care of them, to reward them, to engage them, to make them part as well of your decisions maybe because they've been with you from the start so yeah even if you want to, to grow and and it's important to, to to grow as well it can be part of your strategy but I think it's important not to forget your core audience and the, the guys who have been with you from the start yes that's really good And you also already uh, started a topic um, that I, uh, it's become my favorite question for 2021. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and talking about social media and what I was referring before, um, the uh, 
our talk with uh, Charlie Rolf from As Everything Unfolds, uh, the safe space I was telling, uh, I was talking about that she found um, as a social platform was Discord. And I don't know if you know the platform, but Discord started as this, um, yeah, voice communication tool from the gaming community and uh, is now uh, growing bigger and bigger in every uh, community, uh, like not only in the music business and in the gaming communities, but also in many, many others. And I was, um, I attended the Future Music Camp uh, digitally last week, and it even came up in a in a talk as well. Um, they were it. It was a talk about hip hop, though. <laughs> um, but anyway, is that something you integrate in your uh, communication strategies now? Would you advise um, bands to look into getting their own Discord servers to grow their communities there? I don't have enough expertise on that matter, to be honest. Uh, I saw it quite a lot recently as well in articles and yeah, have to have to deep dive on that. Yeah, thanks, I know. thanks for, for the reminder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know some bands using it, but um, I haven't been such a fan of it because I find, um, especially for artists who do not have any shows at the moment, um, Twitch the better weapon of choice because mm -hmm. you can directly support your artists with that and you still have a direct um, link to your community with a chat like you can directly react on it you can directly talk to them so um as for me i'm more a fan of twitch since you really have this supportive a little bit like concertism style with instead of buying tickets you can support your artist this way the artist can directly talk to you while whereas because Discord is nice if you really want to keep it uh, small, if you want to keep like a fan meeting, something like that. But for really um, growing your audience and having like um, the concert experience, like wanting to compensate the live um, experience, I would rather recommend um, Twitch. Yes, that's a very good one too. I mean, I've been talking about Twitch on this podcast for years now since I started following um, Matt Matifi from Trivium uh, on yeah. there. And he is, for me, the best practice, best practice in um, uh, live streaming and in general, you know, like um, it's a big source of income for him. Um, I loved when when he was touring. He was streaming every concert throughout the tour. Mm -hmm. He he got this you know this backpack with a modem and a good camera, so he could stream it and and even plug it into the. Sometimes he could plug it into the the, the sound booth so that it was even really great quality sound. And of course, he has long tons and tons of sub subscribers there and and gets a lot of uh, revenue probably from that. Um, so yeah, and. Uh, when I I always love talking about this because when the pandemic hit, he already had his crowd and his audience on Twitch so very well trained, even that they knew how to make a mosh pit, quote unquote, in the chat. And you had the feeling you were at a concert. And so when they uh, did the, their whole big live stream event, event uh, for the pandemic, and it was a huge production, very great, high quality. They probably spent a lot of money on that as well. And tickets were only like $9 and they, they sold around 11,000 tickets or something. And, um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't there. <laughs> of course I wasn't there. I didn't watch it live, but I saw even a report about it on, on, um, um, online magazine Morecore, German online magazine Morecore, and they wrote, um, or the journalists wrote that they that they even had the feeling of being there because there were th there were mosh pits happening in chat, and people using headbanging emotes and 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 you know the horns and and everything and and that is uh, of course years of work come to fruition, but. Um, if it's not now, then you, I mean, now you're already late to the party kind of, but mm. you have to start now <laughs> if yeah. you're not there yet. Yeah, that is super, super inspiring. I agree. Yes. 
Um, another thing that uh, caught my attention when you were uh, talking about uh, your tasks and, and duties in uh, Nuclear Blast was you talked about games, developing games as part of the campaigns for your artists. Uh, was that also include video games, like bigger productions? Or uh, what kind of games are you talking about exactly? Oh, it's more social games. So we are working with the... Um with a tool called Fastory, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, mini games you can embed in stories and you can customize uh, with, uh, let's say, it can be a blind test, it can be a, a, hit, uh, no, a runner games, it can be... Uh, yeah, you have a lot of different games that you can customize for, for the artist. Swipe left and right, that kind of stuff. So we are trying to yeah, leverage uh, that type of... of uh, of good games on, on social. Okay, that's cool. That was actually also kind of, uh, it was one of the topics of the talks at the Future Music Camp. Um, and of course, they were only talking theory, right? And saying, uh, telling us numbers about the video game industry and how much uh, money they, um, they produce or how much revenue uh, game developers get. And that is, and that that is, uh, a very important market for the future of, of the music industry. We saw that as well, again, at the start of the pandemic and the social isolation and everything. Um, we saw games like Fortnite and VR chat where people could actually like meet and concerts happening in that kind of virtual reality. So, um, yeah, apparently that is also a thing we should keep an eye out. Yeah. There was one on We're Pokemon Go as well. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, on, yeah, on Pokemon Usmalon. Switch. <laughs> yeah, but we it's it's ideas that we have and that we know. Uh but it's just also finding like the bands that mm -hmm. we exactly because we don't want just to size opportunities because it's trendy. We for example if we were to do I don't know a World of Warcraft uh live stream. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm, it's not happening. It's uh, I'm just uh, it's just an example. I don't want to propose that to a band who do not like genuinely World of Warcraft. Uh -huh, of course. I think it's super important to make things that are authentic. Um, and so this is where it's tricky because, uh, of course, you could propose super good idea because it's trendy. Mm -hmm. But this is no, at it's least not my way to, to approach it. I, I, I only want to propose things that I know the band will like and we'll see it fit. So, yeah. But of course, we 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 stay in, in in touch with the with the trends and also the NFTs and like there are mm -hmm. lots of very interesting topics around gaming NFTs and stuff that we have in mind. Is just we have to find the right right matches. Yeah, in the amazing. end, you always have to meet the audience of um, a band. That's always what you have to keep in mind. For sure. Yes, that is very important to do something that is authentic and that your audience wants to see. Thank you so much for all of uh, your um, very, very interesting insights. Is there anything else you want to say or, or any topics you want to discuss? Just thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us and for having these conversations, which, uh, which are super important to, to have. So yeah, thanks a lot for for your podcast and for having us part of it. There's nothing to add. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. And I think a really good conclusion for the whole episode because we had this when it came to marketing, we had this when it came to being women in metal and also applying to the job is just be yourself and be authentic. That's really important. And that's what, yeah, what matters and what mattered in everything that we were talking about. <laughs> it sums up everything, I think. Hell yeah. So thank you so much for listening also, people out there. And if you like this episode, follow the Meta and High Heels podcast on Spotify and Stitcher or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you want. And the show notes for this episode are on meta-and-highheels.com slash podcast89. You're, of course, also on Instagram, Facebook. I don't know. You will find us somewhere. <laughs> And just, yeah, you can also leave us voice messages if you want to greet someone in this podcast. 
For sure. And the thing uh, that we have to remind our listeners about right now is that we are uh, making a survey. So we are asking you for your help and for your support in filling out a very quick survey. It's, I don't know how many questions, but it takes 10 minutes stops. We want to hear from you. We want to, uh, we want you to be part of the future of our podcast. The link is going to be out there. It is already out there and it will be in the show notes as well. And we thank you in advance. <laughs> and thank you so much for, for your time and for being here. And um, yes, thanks everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Thank See you. Next time.